0: Welcome to Be a Better Speaker with me, Graham David, Expert Speaker. And this podcast is for you if you want to be a better speaker, facilitator, presenter, or trainer. It's full of practical tools, tips, and techniques to help you be better. This podcast is sponsored by Bluebeetle.co.uk and GrahamDavid.co.uk. If you want to give better presentations, then The best thing you can do is to go right back to the very point when you start to plan the presentation you're going to give. Let me tell you what I mean in just a moment. You see, whenever I talk to people about presenting and we set exercise them to to plan their their start or a key part of their presentation or if we start to work together on the, the content they're going to be talking about, they pretty much always do the same thing, which is to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen, or they walk around and mutter to themselves and write it down, or in some cases they even get their laptops out and start making slides. <clears throat> and I know where this comes from, and it's all about uh, I've got key content that I need to explain, and therefore I therefore need to write the content down and make sure I, to use the quote everybody always uses when it comes to presentations, cover it off. I want to cover everything off. This sounds like it 's sensible you don 't want to miss anything out, but actually there's a stage that you really should be considering before you think about the content you 're going to do and By the way, if you 're messing around with your slides or if you 're thinking about the music you 're going to walk on, this is way too late um or rather this this is this should be far later in the in the process you shouldn't be even considering that at this stage. That, that should come on, but a lot, lot later. You see, the first thing you've got to consider is, why is it that you're giving this presentation? If your answer consists of things like, I've been told to, or Diane from Accounts is ill, or, well, it's a Wednesday, I always do a presentation on a Wednesday, none of these are good enough. Even if you feel like you have no choice, it's a a big event and you've been nominated by somebody and told it'll be great for your profile, which, by the way, it probably will be. But even in that situation, you have to come up with a stronger why. Why is it that in the nicest possible way, several people, which could be three or four or three or four hundred or more, are going to be required by convention to sit in a room and look and listen to you? Why is it that the best way to put across the information, and this is why you don't start working on the information yet, but why is it that the best way to do this is a presentation? So I realised that this was a key component that is missing for many people over several years when I'd often be working with clients who would be telling me, that it was okay for me because I did presentations that were about big and exciting things. They had to do regular meetings, or they had to do updates from the the board, or they had to do um, town halls, or they had to do cascades. And the problem is, without being unfair or unreasonable to those people and their opinions, all of those are just excuses for why they aren't presenting very well. And it's possible you're making the same mistake. So let's come back to this same central idea why is it that you're presenting? Now if we remove, if I don't give you the opportunity to say I've been told to, I've got to, all those things, we come back to the fundamental question, why is it that speaking live is the best way to put this piece of information across? Now here's the kicker, it may not be the best way to do it. So a regular corporate torture instrument is the cascade the senior leadership team think of something and they get their next level down and they tell them with loads of slides and then that level has to tell the next level and that level has to tell the next level and so on all the way to uh, the, the the coal face of the business and the idea is that at each stage the information and all the good stuff is cascaded downwards whilst feedback is passed upwards. Now you probably know that but what you probably also know is that depends on where you work but everywhere I've ever spoken to anybody, the response is always, well, it's a cascade, yeah, it's a good way to get information out, but we don't get much feedback. And the reason is, by the time you're asking for feedback in a cascade, people are mind-numbingly bored. Really sorry to break that to you if it's news. And this all comes back to, why is it whoever decided that making large numbers of people sit silently in a room whilst you beat them around the head metaphorically with PowerPoint slides, is the best way to communicate, because it isn't. You see, if what I'm going to do is every week I'm going to give you an update on facts, figures, uh, sales targets, what we were doing, what we weren't doing, um, how we as a team can operate better, what I need from you personally, issues that might be facing the wider business and so on, One of the first things we can understand is that most of that content isn't immediately required by people to do their job. And don't kid yourself that people want to know or they like to know. Yeah, they do, but they like to know as it relates to them. I'm not being over cynical on this. This comes from 20 plus years of talking to thousands of people. Pretty much everybody. Yep, they have a wider interest in the organisation, of course. They want to be informed. Yeah, absolutely. But when it comes to bigger announcements or strategies or other things that are happening or micro-detail on a part of a business that doesn't even affect your team, then that's possibly done better via email. Or you could text people. Or you could put a good old-fashioned piece of paper up that's got the details written on it. You could say to people, I'm going to be running these updates, but come and see me, and I will cover X, Y, and Z, whatever the most in-depth stuff. So actually, when we come to a presentation, and we come back to this idea of why is it you're doing this, you've got to have concluded that what you're going to present live, that is the best way to present that information. And you will see, as you start to think about this, that the majority of presentations you've seen have at least contained information or in some cases been entirely composed of that information, that really would have been better handed over a different way. So let's think of some examples. If I'm going to pitch my product or my service, then definitely I want to be up in front of an audience, the the buying panel or whoever my client's going to be, in order to best represent my offer. But my written offer will have far more detail in it than my presentation because my presentation is about how I can make you as my listener or my client or my my pitch how I can make you feel about what I'm talking about. I want to get you engaged with what I'm saying. I want to see your reaction to my suggestions and ideas. I want to be able to answer your questions. I want to ask you questions. Now, all of that would make a live presentation for a pitch be absolutely the best way to do it. Sometimes it's about understanding what you're putting in and what you're leaving out. So I worked with a client recently, and they had a three-day conference. And they had, because they always had, a 45-minute segment for, I think they called it pension update. So I said, well, what happens in the pension update? And the guy said, well, actually, it's, it's not so much an update. It's more that there are people we know who haven't discussed their pension in a while, who... Uh, would like some help, have some queries, some questions, people haven't taken the pensions, some people who want to change the details and so on. So I said, well, how does that work from a 45-minute segment? And he said, well, actually what happens is the person stands up and just talks a little bit about the services and then invites them to come and talk to them as a stand afterwards. And you can see where I'm going with this. That particular content was not best suited to a live slot. So we were able to reduce that event by 45 minutes and there were many other examples of that and instead we made an announcement that if you'd like to get an update or you'd like to find some time uh, the people who can help you with your pension are just over there. Now this meant they could give one-to-one targeted advice and answer some questions whilst we didn't take up time from the whole conference and often you will find if you look at what you're planning to speak about you might in some cases realise that it would be better not to do it live. Now we then come back to the, but that's what's expected, or I've been told I have to. So now it's really down to, well do you want to push back or not? Because there are some things which are better emailed, some things which are better sent. The classic test for this, you know if you're giving a presentation and somebody contacts you and says I can't make it, but please will you send me the slides so I know what's going on. If you can do that, and if they can read your slides and know what your presentation was about, You've just made yourself redundant. I don't mean that flippantly. I don't mean to be cruel. I'm not trying to shock you. But faced with travelling somewhere in the building or somewhere in the country, flying even, to come and listen to you speak for 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, three three hours, or I could just read the slides, it's far more sensible, surely, for me to just read the slides. It's far more sensible for everybody to just read the slides because then we don't all need to gather in a room. And you don't need to get yourself all worked up and stand on stage and speak. So, to the central theme of this episode, why is it that you're giving your next presentation? What is it about the presentation that has to be delivered live? Now, sometimes SLTs make things worse for people. They say, I want you to cover off the key areas, or I want you to run through in detail. I want you to make sure everybody understands it. Now, that's a great aim. We want people to understand this process, or we want people to understand what the new strategy is. But possibly, a presentation isn't the best way to do that. It might be that what they want as an outcome is best achieved, a training session because in a training session we might have smaller groups we have more opportunity to answer uh, to ask questions and we have the opportunity to give some exercises to test knowledge so when you start to think about this why is it that a presentation is the best way to give this information you'll find in some cases it is in some cases it isn't and in some cases there are better ways to put your material across And that's all that we're really looking to do at this stage. Now, frequently, people, when they go through this exercise, realise that they need less time to speak. So I had a client, a member of the board, who every year at a conference was required to do um, a bit of a piece about health and safety. And to support her health and safety um, update, she roughly every two to three months, ran a three-hour health and safety course. Now, when we had gone through what she was explaining, what she was telling, and crucially why she had chosen to do it live, she realised that the vast majority of information that she was giving to her audience, she could email them. And this meant that the live part of the session was then about checking their understanding. It was enhancing their ability to use information that she had given them. It was her chance to ask them some questions and their chance to ask her some questions. In other words we were checking understanding, we weren't just giving and spoon-feeding information. Now the net result of that was that her three-hour session regularly ran at around about an hour. You can imagine, if you're a member of the board, a two-hour saving every two to three months is an enormous saving. That's, That's a work day over a year. So she was really pleased. More importantly, whether she had 10 people in the room or 100 people in the room or a company wide event, all of those people, instead of being at an hour event, was now, uh, sorry, instead of being a three hour event, was now a one hour event. So the savings were enormous. And this all came about because she was asking, why is it that this is the best way to present? And that is really all I need to say to you on this episode. Look at the events you've got coming up and ask yourself, why is a live presentation the best way to do this? And if the answer is it's not, that's fine. Now, you may not politically have the opportunity to step out, but it's useful to still ask yourself the question. It may be that you step out completely. It may be that you just need less time. But equally, it could be that what you want to do is to get delegates to change their way of behaving. You want them to feel more inspired and motivated about something. You want them to do a new activity or to take a new task or to adopt a new behaviour. Now these are all great examples of then, once we know that as the why, we start to construct what we're going to tell the audience. See, if I need to change your behaviour, I need to really help you understand why what you're currently doing isn't good and then I need to give you some solutions, or I need you to give me some solutions, or we together need to work on some solutions. But that's very, very different from a standard presentation where I will you into the room and put up a bunch of slides saying to you, this is what you've got to do. So simply by asking why is it that this is the best way to do this, you will start to see Quite rapidly that many presentations you attend were frankly unnecessary, could have been shorter or could have been better, angled and aimed so they actually delivered the outcome that was required by the audience and by the speaker. When you've done all of this, when you understand why you're doing it, then and only then you start to think about what you're going to say. I'll come back to that in another episode if that's something that would be of interest. But for now, appreciate you listening. Uh, as always, I'd love your feedback and your comments. Do please look me up. Find me, Graham David, uh, on LinkedIn. And you can find my websites. it uh, be good to talk to you soon. thanks for listening to be a better speaker if you'd like to help me to keep making these podcasts for you please consider subscribing right now leave a rating or leave a couple of words of encouragement be great to hear your reviews my name is graham david expert speaker and this podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk